0: Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, May 16th edition of the show. And we're off to a great start, Jake. The first time we went live, no one could hear us. We had no audio. I can't remember the last time we had that bad of technical difficulties to start. Hoping for a different result here. Hoping that we're not cursed. Because we've had, Lord knows, we've had cursed episodes before. I don't think we've ever had a cursed... Okay, let me
1: rephrase that. I think the worst cursed episode we've ever had was a Patreon episode, which is much easier to fix from my end. Yes, as there a also is the pressure
0: of of being live in front of millions. Millions, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, guess is, the, is is that? Am I reading the numbers incorrectly? Am I adding yet, zeros and commas? Maybe. I mean, maybe after no, may, uh, maybe after four years, however many years, however
1: many seasons, maybe. I think we're on year five, aren't we? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Who knows? Know. Now is not the time to. to Off to a fantastic that. start, by the way. So real quick, everyone out there, um, so Felix now no longer is just a barricade witness. <laughs> where where is this going? He is also now a stingray
0: sting survivor. Yeah, yes, correct. I love that. I may have to add that to my Twitter bio. Also, Sing, uh, stingray sting survivor. Connor uh, ninety one Pluto is saying, Felix with a collar on this Monday, are you showing Jake up? Yeah, am I am I uh am I lighting you up? I mean I don't think I don't think flannels really are
1: No. Are, are they showing you up? I don't think No. So. No. And I've got my Tottenham hat on because uh things are things are looking bright for the lily white. That Tottenham hat looks like it's seen better days. Yeah, it's not in the best shape ever. I probably should order a new one soon. Or you could just wash
0: it. Can That's you wash n- hats? Yes. I don't, of I don't think I don't know if watching I mean, will help. I'm not surprised that you don't know that looking by that hat. <laughs> looking looking at how that hat looks. But uh yes, wow. indeed. You can. Uh yeah, I'm a Stingray survivor. Yes. They're a Stingray Sting survivor. Yes. And in part thanks to Jake. So d- should I give people the story? It, it's up to you. It's this is we are now in the throes <laughs> of the off season. So <laughs> Okay, I just want to make this disclaimer. I promise that we actually have substantive Ducks things to talk about. We will get to them off season stuff for beat comments, coach firings, free agent rumors. We've got all of that. We will get into it, but this was pretty traumatizing, Jake. I went out to the water on Friday as I usually do during my lunch break, very low tide, the lowest tide I've ever seen in, in, in Newport. Like it, the water was so low. It went out really far and looked very nice, looked beautiful. But then, as I went in to swim, got my swim in, as I was walking out, uh, feel something stab my foot and slice it open. Felt very painful, Looked, thought it was a rock at first, thought it maybe I cut myself on some, some kind of object. But I knew in the back of my head that it was definitely a stingray. I've never been stung, but the, the force at which it sliced through, I just knew right away as I'm walking out of the water, I start thinking, okay, this is bad. I got to do something. And then the pain started, which is basically like biologically when the venom starts taking effect, uh, called, tried to call you cause I know you surf. And I, I thought maybe Jake's been stung before didn't pick up, which was great. I was on a phone call with work. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm on the bank of the sand cause there's like a bit of a cliff uh at, at the beach where i live at with and uh i'm sitting there keeled over in pain i'm like anakin on mustafar i'm just like <laughs> i'm about to incinerate like i'm feeling pretty bad and i'm thinking okay i just need to get back to my apartment somehow because i did a quick google you got to put your foot in hot water to get the venom out and the beach where i live at is pretty big like it's 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 a it's a hike to get out to the water humble brag well I don't live on the beach, like I'm not beachfront, so. But anyway, so I just pick up my stuff and just sprint across the sand with this open gash on my foot, just run by people on the boardwalk, get back into my apartment, start pouring the bath, dunk my foot in the hot water, you call me, and then finally I get some feedback what to do, we, we figure it out. Um, to make a long story short, Worst pain I've ever been in in my entire life, it's like a mixture of cramping and burning and just a bunch of bad things you don't want to feel. Ended up going to the urgent care, to the emergency, got pain meds. I'm great now, better than ever, better than I was before. So thank you, Stingray. You can't bring me down. Wait, would hunt- you say
1: the Stingray gave you superpowers? Is is this like a Spider-Man where you get uh, stung by a Stingray and now you have powers to become a Stingray?
0: Maybe. Am I stingray man? Maybe. You need st- Have you have you swam in the ocean since? No. No, I actually uh, don't know how I feel about that now. I'm going to have to do the shuffle though.
1: Yeah, I mean, now you have to go and try it out because we'll find out if you have superpowers. Cuz well, I mean, Spider-Man gives you the powers to climb up stuff. So you only find that out when you're like climbing up walls, like a spider. Stingray would allow what you would, to like what swim would be on, my superpower. You would to, be able to, to stab to, people and poison to, to, them? to swim on the bottom of the ocean without <laughs> needing air and then being able to sting people. So you got to go swim to find out you got to go find
0: your people find the stingrays find the fellow stingrays to get there. Well, I've been on a in the back of my head. I'm thinking I need to get revenge. I need oh, to get back oh. into the water and find that stingray. Find I don't know that, how if, I don't know how that's that, possible. that one. I feel like you're just going to end up getting stung again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was legitimately the most painful thing I've ever experienced. I can't, well, I, 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 you know, I know that uh, I like basically I I was on the like I had tears coming out of my eyes. Like I wasn't sobbing, I wasn't full on crying, but I was very close, very close. So anyway, that was my Friday. It was a great. How, how was your Friday? How how how's your life been? I don't even remember what I did on Friday to be honest.
1: <laughs> Every day is meshing together at this point for me.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, so Jake, uh, Jake partially saved me. Partially, I gave you good advice. You gave me good advice. No, uh, credit,
1: credit to you. Connor wants to know, uh, are you going to show your foot on the podcast?
0: Uh, I don't think anyone wants well, to see will, that. Will we violate Twitch rules by doing that? I think we might. <laughs> I think we might. I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy to look at, honestly. It just looks yeah. like a big cut. It looks bad
1: on Friday when you sent it to me.
0: Oh yeah, well, because it had the swelling and the redness, and yeah, I think it's I it. think it's now time to move on. We're <laughs> eight minutes in. This is a great. Uh, this is like
1: peak <laughs> us. I think. <sighs> oh, will you show your feet for one thousand
0: bits? No, I'm not okay. doing okay. that. Okay, okay. I'll so, show mine for like a lot of bits. <laughs> All right, we need to move on here before we lose everyone. Uh, okay, so let's get into our first topic du jour. So. I want to start here because this is something that we do—an annual rite of passage, which is the exit interview for the GM. So every year, where Bob Murray gives his exit interview, we pour through the comments, we dig through what's being said, and maybe more importantly, at times not said, and we just give our our opinion on it. And I think that that's always interesting to just get a get a feel for the pulse of where management is at now. Pat Verbeek gave his interview and Pat Verbeek is the master of not saying a whole lot or saying so many different things that you have no idea what he's actually trying to say, but we'll do our best here. I think he did say more than Bob Murray did though. Well, he's also saying more than just, you know, the veterans have to be better. Correct. Correct. Which is the important part. There's more that you can glean from this than normal. Yes. So we're just going to go through, I mean, there's only about, I don't know maybe 10 comments there's not that many uh, i'll try to paraphrase as best as i can so let's just get right into it so first question how much scouting he's doing this is his response as much as i can it's kind of my background and i love to do it i have a thirst for knowledge to know players and so i'm going to do it and so working with all our scouts making sure i have knowledge of the players that we're going to be discussing and in the summertime trying to sign them is important here's my takeaway from that first and foremost Pat Verbeek actually does stuff, right? With Bob Murray. (laughs) Did we ever really know what he actually did?
1: Yeah, he went and scouted the U18s last year. I know that he said he was doing that because he was vaccinated. I think he said that in like a comment that he was able to go go to the Dallas U18s. That's true. um, Which is probably a big reason why he fell in love with Mason McTavish. Um, But yeah, and I think we've heard him being in Europe for various different things. But yes, nice
0: to see Verbeek kind of getting on the scouting trail. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's. I feel like that's what GMs are doing mm-hmm. this time of year. Okay, now this is Verbeek on the Ducks season as a whole, how it went. This is his response. Well, it was going decent. They were in a playoff spot in February, and then obviously things took a turn in the sense that the team lost four pretty good players out of the lineup. And so that was a big chunk, and I think that was probably the hardest part going through that process of trading those players away. But I felt, like I told you guys before, we couldn't let guys just walk away. And this was a chance to really set up the franchise to be put in good position down the road, to build a lot of depth through the entire organization, whether it's in the minors and up top with the Anaheim Ducks. And so when I felt that I couldn't get the guys signed, that's when I made the decision to do that. And now we have a lot of draft picks over the next three years. And now it's going to be the responsibility of us to draft well and to set up this franchise to be good down the road. To really start to look at being a winning team a contending team and eventually hopefully a championship team jake i feel like that comment is music to your ears this is exactly what
1: i wanted to hear uh mm-hmm. i mean this is someone where this is what we've said if i mean we, we you and i both agreed i don't even know if i would necessarily care to discuss contracts with their ufas just go ahead and move them mm-hmm. but i think that's the right approach is that you don't find yourself getting desperate and giving them deals that you don't like just to give them deals. And once you make that decision, then you have to be uh, shrewd with it and move on and get what you want, need back. And yep. I think this is exactly what they needed to do, and this was really smart. And it's just nice to hear a GM with a plan. I think that's the biggest takeaway from that quote and that paragraph right there is that with Bob Murray for so long, it felt like there was it, they were a rudderless ship, right? It right. It was... We need to get better in these areas. But there was never really a plan to get better long-term. There was It was uh, the vet, just the veterans needed to be better. These guys just essentially hoping and praying that guys would just suddenly be better players uh, because they're in elevated roles. Whereas with Pat Verbeek, it's a, no, here's my plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to hopefully become a winning team, a contending team, and a championship team. It may not be the prettiest, sexiest way of doing it, but this is our plan of attack.
0: Yeah. And I think as long as you lay out a plan,
1: fans can become invested in that.
0: Yeah, and I kinda like how that's where he's setting the bar. That's what he's setting his sights on. Yeah. Right? That we aspire to be a championship team. Yeah. Right. I mean he didn't say that exactly, but that is the that is the gist of what he's saying. And I I think that my one I don't want to call it a nitpick from this comment is that when he said that he had the impression that he couldn't get the guys signed. I think that what people need to understand there is that he didn't feel like he could get them signed to the deals that he wanted to sign them to. Correct. Because if Pav Verbeek had offered eight years to Hampus Lindholm, to Ricard Raquel, to Josh Manson, (laughs) to Nick Delore (laughs) those guys are still ducks, right? Yeah. I think that all of those guys are still ducks if he just gives them what they want. Yeah. And so – this is a two-way street, and he couldn't get them on deals that he thought made sense for this organization, and I think that they all wanted those deals, right? Like I think that that's what you shoot for as a, as a UFA, as a first-time UFA. You yeah. want to get that big deal. Don't hold it against the players whatsoever. Yep, and we said that many times, is
1: that the players are doing what is in their best interest, and Pat Verbeek is doing what's in the best
0: interest of the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's just keep moving on here. Okay, the topic here on whether trading away those players was influenced by team performance. No, it was unavoidable. At the end of the day, the players have the right to make the decision they want to make. And so whether the team was in the playoffs or not, like I said before, I got the sense that I wasn't going to have a chance to re-sign them. And so that's kind of when I decided to go a different way. Pretty much exactly what we just said. Exactly
1: what we just said. And I think that's the right quote, right, of it didn't matter whether we were winning or losing. This comes down to the reality of the situation of where these players were at. And it wasn't something where I was going to put myself in a bad position because we were winning.
0: Exactly. And I think that that is a a key takeaway is that this wasn't a reactionary move. This was a, this was a, Big picture move. And on the flip side of what I kind of just said
1: with uh, this wasn't because uh, giving them something, uh, giving them a contract because we needed them to win now. Also on the flip side, this wasn't a reactionary move to the team just being on a losing streak either. Yeah. This was understanding where the team's at and what needed to get done.
0: Absolutely. On changes to the goals, coaching staff, which I guess we should just put out there. if People didn't see. uh, We'll we'll get more into our reactions on that later, but Joel Bouchard, Maxime Talbot, and uh daniel jacob all three the entire du- the entire goals coaching staff was fired and it was pat verbeek's call this wasn't a matter of yeah them moving on or what have you they were fine, and, and it wasn't a situation
1: i guess like kind of as i was thinking where rob de comes in and becomes the gm of the goals and he just doesn't see eye to eye with the go- those guys from the past and yeah it's his no. call
0: Th- this was a verbeek decision by the sounds fired like. yeah fired. yeah so on those changes, I just thought that everyone needed to do a reset. Everyone needed a fresh slate, and that was the reason. And it wasn't really any deeper than that, just certain things that happened over the course of the year. I really don't want to get into that sort of stuff, but I just felt that everyone needed a clean slate. Joel needed a clean slate, and his staff needed a clean slate. I mean, that's kind of saying a whole lot of nothing. It is and it isn't. Like I mean, just it, sounds, some- it, it sounds like something happened, right? Yeah, it's, like it's, not, it's wanting sounds- to get, not wanting to get into that sort of stuff means that something happened. It sounds... And I mean, we've kind of seen this and we'll get more into it later, but maybe not the most harmonious uh, backdrop in the goals organization this year. Correct.
1: And so found that somewhat telling, not a whole lot said, but I think that enough sense you can glean
0: some information. Yep. Moving on here on off season player moves via trade or free agency. There are lots of possibilities, whether we're going to be able to execute them. That's another factor. I mean, You could talk about the free agent market. There's gonna be lots of people competing for the same players that we are. So at the end of the day, the players are gonna decide. We're gonna sell and make our pitch. But at the end of the day, the free agent market players are gonna decide. Will there be other opportunities as far as trades? Absolutely. There will be opportunities, but I can't tell you what they are. There's gonna be things that are there. There were teams that came forward that I had no idea would come forward at the trade deadline. And that's gonna be the same thing that's gonna happen just prior to the draft. So this this was the most saying nothing. It is and it isn't. I think that the trade opportunity the kind of that that really emphatic response of absolutely and the fact that he mentioned how there's going to be teams that pop up that he didn't expect. I agree with you that he didn't really say anything in terms of what they're going to the, do but it sounds like he's not like it doesn't sound like he's going to stand pat.
1: No. But this was a quintessential crash the pond two sides of every coin <laughs> yes and no response <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like <I>, they <that. laughs> sure we're gonna make our pitch for our free agents but they're gonna decide so maybe we'll get some maybe one and absolutely they're gonna be trades but we would have to come to deal with them
0: and so we'll see there we'll see where it goes yeah that's fair that's fair but i guess just my takeaway is just it sounds like they're gonna try to do stuff agreed agreed it was just yeah. funny because yeah. you're saying it's like yeah this was the most yes and no This is a yes and no answer completely. Yeah. Okay. On hiring a new assistant coach. So we didn't, this broke during the last week, but Jeff Ward stepping down for personal reasons. And then this is his response. Dallas and I have kicked around that one a little. Right now we're going to take a little time to decide exactly what our needs are and what we want. We haven't made a final decision on the parameters of the kind of guy that we're looking to get. So it's kind of a really wide open from that aspect. I mean, this is another yes and no. Yeah. Like, like nothing I mean, said here. This seems like it was something that just happened also. Yeah. Do you think though that they are going to bring in another assistant coach? Because I think they it's had, possible. They had three. I guess most teams seem to be going to three, but. Yeah.
1: I mean, Dallas th- had two on his bench for the prior year. So last year with three was a different setup.
0: Yeah. You could just have Newell Brown and Mike Stuthers. Yeah. In theory. So on free agency, my overall approach to free agency is to improve the team. I mean I guess that makes sense like as opposed to making the team worse like I you know. Yeah. yeah. So obviously we have some spots and some spots and defense that are open. We're going to have some spots that are open on the forward side. <laughs> so we're going to look to fill those slots as best we can. <laughs> yes, there are slots on the team that we will look to fill. Yep. It's basically the like outside of goaltending. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Yeah. So it does sound though like he is going to I don't know. You can't. You can't take anything away from. No, but I think he's going to at least be active in terms of seeing what's what. I think out he's going to try to give them some quality depth. Correct. Like he's. I don't think he wants them to just have the depth they've had in recent years. Yes, which agreed. is no depth. Okay. On the approach to the draft, for me, what's really important is hockey sense and compete. Those are two vital things that I'm going to be looking for in players. You may. You have to have those elements to be able to win every general manager has their own vision when it comes to drafting players i have my vision i'm going to communicate that to all of our amateur scouts and we're going to make the list based on that so compete and hockey sense it's not what we've heard in the past necessarily no but it's also kind of like sure Of course yeah. those things are really important like
1: hockey sense is just a good hockey iq being good on the ice and compete's an interesting word because it can kind of mean a bunch of different things, right? Right. I think the con- general connotation is compete is meant for the grinders, but you can also apply that with skilled players, also, right? And yeah, having the skill to be able to compete at that high level. And so I don't know. I know there's been a lot made. I think with Verbeek saying that he wants the team to be bigger, but I He's, think that the, he stressed that, and we're about to get into it actually. <laughs> but I I think that was specific though. He had talked about that with the blue line and i feel like that's kind of been run into the ground a bit by uh, in terms of the draft and i don't think that he's necessarily someone that's going to prioritize size in the draft and i don't think it's necessarily something cuz he's also mentioned later on in this about speed and so i think he just thinks the team needs to be upgraded overall and i don't think what he said here necessarily lends itself to yeah i mean him the, needing him wanting to draft for size the ducks have the been a
0: perennially bottom of the league bottom of the standings team for like four years in a row now. So (laughs) yes, they need these things. Uh, I think when I think of compete, I think of activity. I think of guys who, when they're out there, yeah, are doing a lot of things. Like they are impacting the game in every zone, you know, filling lanes, active sticks, touching the puck a lot. Right. That's kind of what I think when I think of compete anyway. Okay. On Troy Terry, Trevor egress and Jamie Drysdale. I would consider them core pieces. I thought they had nice seasons, but as I told all three of them, there's so much more upside into where their games can go. And I gave them specific areas that I'm looking for them to improve in. And I think that if they look at those specific areas and really attend to them, I think things will improve drastically for the Anaheim Ducks with those three players. So those guys are part of the core. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to think about Troy Terry as part of the core On a list with guys who were top 10 selections. Yes. Right? Because Troy Terry was a fifth round pick. He he is not a guy of that ilk, but he has turned himself into one. So here's my question for you. We can go just through them. What do you think he asked, for example, Troy Terry to improve in? What was a specific area Uh, Troy Terry needs to improve in? That's a tough one because I don't necessarily have something off the top of my head for Troy Terry. I feel like he's good at everything. Yeah, like I feel like he's just a really well-rounded player. At I cut. think I think he can still benefit from becoming a more dynamic skater. I think that he's he's quick. Yeah. he's quick. He's agile. You know, in the offensive zone, he's so good at at pivoting and shielding the puck. But he's a guy who, of course, I mean, he one of the big things that he credited his success season was getting stronger. And I think that even looking at him, you you can see he can still. He can still put on more more muscle. He can still yeah. get stronger. You can always get stronger. And I think that his skating can continue to improve as well. I think yep. I wouldn't call him a great skater, but he is a plus skater. And I think he can continue to expand on that. Trevor Zegers. I, I like think Trevor Zegers, the message is pretty predictable. I think the the message Trevor Segrist is probably going to be
1: working on defensive zone structure and systems because I think there are times where even though we've said he's not as bad as people make him out to be because he's not defensively, but I think there are times he gets lost in the defensive zone in terms of his coverage and can leave guys open on the back post. So I think in terms of that, that's probably where he could benefit is some system or defensive system.
0: uh, Yeah, and also I think size. I think. Yeah, uh, that's fair he's got to get stronger. And, yeah. And it's not because it's... I was trying weak. to give it a little bit of a different answer, but yes, correct. No, that's that's a good one. I think that film study is going to help him a lot. But I think... And, and you know, the guys do that. He's going to review his shifts. He's going to get yeah. deep into it. And I think that's something he's going to benefit from. He does... I don't want to say need to get stronger because he was a good player this season without yeah. that being maybe a, a huge element of his game. But if he can add it, you can really see how it can let the rest of his game flourish because he, w- I don't have a stat for this, but he didn't seem like a guy who was necessarily elite at shielding off the puck in the offensive zone and really being able to impose his will off the cycle he was so good off the rush, but to be a great cycle player strength is a, is an element of that. And I think if he can just continue to add to that, it's just going to make him more dangerous in another area of the game. So Yep. I I just don't like when that's painted as, oh, he's just not strong. Because these guys are all strong. They're they're professional athletes. Yep. Jamie Drysdale. I mean, it's probably going to be, honestly,
1: strength. Strength as well. Strength as well. If I want to go a little bit more minute, I think work
0: on board battles. Yeah. Yeah, board battles. And I think for him, for Jamie Drysdale, it's funny because I think that he – skating is – not something you would think he would need to work on. He's an excellent skater. I think for Jamie Drysdale, it's a matter of really working on situational skills. So like, I think that his agility, when he times, when he starts backing up, when he starts doing crossovers, like those are all things that I think he can really nail down even more and really make sure that he's defending that blue line even better. Um, and also just his def- his abilities in the offensive zone because he's really good at bringing it into the offensive zone. He's really good at transitioning. But now that next phase is kind of like, now that you're in there, what are you going to do? And growing those small area skills, working on those hands to really make sure he can be a playmaker everywhere in the offensive zone, not just at the blue line. So, yep. Anyway, on college prospects, Henry Thrun and Jackson Lacombe staying in school. Verbeek's response, the last I communicated with them, they were committed to signing with the Ducks, but they felt that they wanted, that they needed another year of school to kind of round out their games, to make themselves better prepared for the pro game. I've been watching them for years now, and I'm very confident in their ability to be able to play in the NHL one day. Do you feel reassured by this response?
1: Yes. I think that helps. I think that significantly helps. I mean... What else was he really gonna say here right like yeah yeah like I, I don't know if this necessarily is uh, a situation where him saying this means that they're for sure gonna sign after the season yeah but I think it's definitely more reassuring than it's than
0: otherwise hmm yeah yeah it's kind of one of those okay well he said what he had to say but I think there's still some I'm not taking this as oh yeah they're guaranteed to play for the ducks one day yeah exactly yeah uh, Okay. And rounding this out here on the team needing to get faster and stronger. I know we're not as fast as the rest of the NHL. That's just my viewpoint. And so we have to make improvements there. There are certain elements when it comes to competing, we have to have, but the strength isn't there. It's not good enough. No. So listening to him say this as well, on top of reading it, he was pretty, he was pretty direct in that this team is not fast enough and not strong enough. And I find that, interesting i also think that in a way it's one of those things where though that's something you can easily work on right Straight. why do you why do you find that interesting i'm curious about that i think it's interesting because if a player is listening to this it's it's really easy to go work on that it gives them something okay. actionable yes. something that they okay. can actually easily work on right getting faster and stronger That being said, I think that, yes, I think Troy Terry is not the fastest. Trevor Zegers isn't the fastest. Jamie Drysdale is not the strongest, right? Like These guys have their warts, but I also don't think that this roster is so hodgepodge, especially to end the season, that I don't know if that's really my takeaway, is that that's what they're lacking. They're lacking talent is what they're really lacking. Yeah. But I think, look, that's a good thing to put out there for your players, right? Get your Definitely. body stronger. Get get your athleticism up. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, takeaways from just this overall for Beak's tone, for Beak's comments.
1: Um, I think it goes back to what I said in the first place. I think there's an actual plan in place, which is very, very reassuring. I think
0: that's kind of my biggest takeaway out of all of this. My takeaway is just competency. It just feels like the ducks have just a normal NHL GM at the helm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's it. That's all. So, other bit of news here, as we talked about, the San Diego Goals will have a new coaching staff next season, and Pat Verbeek was the one to fire them. I got to say, knowing what we know about Joel Bouchard in particular, I, I tweeted it. Hopefully, people got a chance to see, but the Dale Weiss podcast last season uh, was pretty revealing, pretty scathing in that Joel Bouchard has just legit issues communicating yeah. with players well, and it's
1: very disheartening. He's just an old school style of coach. It seems like who sounds a lot like Bob Murray. Yep, exactly. And it kind of makes sense why he was hired by him. And that's not the type of guy that you want in charge of development of your start, your young players that are coming right. into the league. And maybe it's not that surprising that Braden Tracy and Jacob pro didn't have the best seasons ever after having a little bit of a hot start because they didn't have someone there necessarily support him. It's not shocking in hindsight, how the goals played that uh, playoff game against the rain, and the fact that Olin Zellweger barely played and the, yeah. a- a- everything that came along with that. Now it kind of all makes sense. And so you got to think for Beak watch those games and first off was not happy with how things were done mm-hmm. and also probably just wasn't happy with everything from the season. So um, overall, I'm happy with the change.
0: Yeah. And we'll have to see how it goes from there. Yeah, and I think also – just watching the goals in the playoffs and hearing what Daleby's had to say, the goals just didn't look like a team that really had any structure. That, yeah. I mean, you know, Daleby's talked about how he would, Joel Bouchard would have the guys do bag skates on the day of a game because his yeah. whole thing was, we need to be the fittest team in the league. We need to compete. And so, for those who don't know, a bag skate is when you have a practice and The puck I mean, I don't know if this is actually the the origin of the term, but like the puck there's no pucks on the ice. You're just gonna skate. You're gonna you're gonna do liners, you're gonna skate blue line back to the goal line, red line back to goal line, and it's just it's miserable for the players. Yeah. And doing that on the day of a game is unheard of. Because game day morning skate is just kind of get the legs loose, get the blood flowing, and get back to the hotel. Very brief. Uh so it's a completely backwards mentality. We don't know what actually happened in San Diego, but if Bouchard was anywhere close to what Weiss was describing in that interview, then good riddance. Good riddance from the Anaheim organization because that clearly doesn't work, right? The, the goals got trucked by the rain and, and players didn't really develop that well uh, in San Diego this year. So addition by subtraction for the Ducks by moving on from these guys. Yep. And uh, speaking of good riddance and moving on, Maybe it's time
1: for all of us to kind of move on from some of our wardrobe and pick up something from Mac Weldon. So, it's heating up outside, and when it comes to stylish essentials perfect for the hotter days ahead, there's no better option than Mac Weldon. From hanging, out, uh, from hanging at home to that much-needed vacation, the conference room to the happy hour, they've got you covered. The innovative daily wear system takes the guesswork out of getting dressed, even for the most indecisive indec- uh, guys. So, Felix... I know you actually have a pair
0: of their board shorts. Yeah. How are they? Big fan. I think what I love about those board shorts the most is that – well, so board shorts referring to swim trunks, right? Oh, they're, sorry. You have the swim trunks. They have board shorts and swim trunks. Okay. okay. So whether you're so, someone that so, wants the swim trunks to so the so shorter – I do have the board shorts. Okay. So what I love about them is that they're very versatile. So you can wear them going out, and they look, you know, they look presentable. They look good, they look clean, but you can but because of the material, you can also wear them working out, being active. You can really wear them for any occasion, I love that. Yep. And also perfect for for summer
1: occasions are their premium polos, which easily elevate your plans. With Frabic technology they've built in to keep you comfortable as the temperature rises. Their lightweight Silver Peak polo and new super soft Pima t-shirt polo are great for the summer and I'll be wearing them everywhere. With the Maverick Tech Chino Short and Radius Radius Flex short. And like you said, the two other must-haves for the season. And by the season, I mean beach season, pool season, whatever body of water you prefer. You can check out their board their board shorts and swim trunks. A combo of performance stretch and a slick design. They're great gear for when you're taking time off. So you can check out MAC Weldon for yourself and save twenty percent off on your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash crash and enter promo code Crash again. That's MacWeldon.com slash crash and enter promo code CRASH for 20% off. Stock up on the warm weather essentials you've been missing.
0: Yeah, 20% is no joke. So Mm -hmm. go check that out. Okay, let's move on here. The next topic. I'm done talking about Joel Bouchard. That's the last time we ever have to talk about him on this podcast. Look at that. Look at us. Who would have thought? Okay, the next topic. And this is the one that I'm... I feel like I was the first on this, even though it was just me kind of picking a name out of a hat. For the most part, answering a listener question. Oh, but oh, are having, you taking are you taking this from me? I I said it first. No, you did not. I 100 percent did. I did, and then you jumped on my my back on it. It doesn't matter. Stop taking credit. I have been more vocal than <laughs> you have about it. It doesn't matter. To me, Kevin Fiala to Anaheim feels more possible than it ever has. So yeah. the reason for that, the Minnesota Wild bounced in the first round, and now they are staring down a very difficult offseason from a salary cap perspective and, having, and being able to ice a team next season. I mean, as of right now, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter's buyouts are going to go from costing them about four million against the cap to over twelve million, and Kevin Fiala is, an, is an RFA. They have they have three four UFAs. They're going to have to they're going to have to work things around to make this function for next season. And we heard on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick discussing the fact that it doesn't seem that Kevin Fiala is going to be back with the wild next season. Like this is something that's being said now. And so the whole thing is that for the, for Fiala to leave Minnesota for Minnesota to want to part ways with him. Clearly they don't want something that's going to make this cap picture any worse than it already is. And that's something that they talked about on the podcast as well. So picks and prospects in a deal to go and get the rights to to sign uh kevin fiala his rfa rights is really what would make it work and the ducks jake have a plethora of picks and prospects yeah is this something that you would do is this something that you would try to accomplish if you're pat verbeek yes 100 there, there's pros and cons to be sure well,
1: yes and i mean we've talked about it a bunch right of look at age look at things like that and so some people ask why are you come why were you not comfortable giving Lindholm who is 26 years old eight year or er, a contract but you are comfortable giving Kevin Fiala who's going to be hip yeah, this summer and I think the difference is is that I think that we both said that or want not both I had said if Hampocento came in at three to four years I would be fine with it I think that moving him was still the better decision because it resulted in you getting things that would help you in the future and be more towards your aging curve and aging window, but that was more so about selling him as a rental. I think that if you trade for Kevin Fiala and can get him on a five-year deal, that would take him until he's 31 years old, basically. I think that that is an okay enough deal for you. I would not go eight years on Kevin Fiala, but I would do it i would try to get
0: him under five years or yeah at five and, and by the way just to just to kind of further the distinction between like a hampus linholm Lindholm is 28 he's gonna be 20 sorry that's right yes sorry that's right yeah kevin fiala right now is 25 he's yes. gonna be 26 this summer yes but he is like entering that prime he's got a few good years well, of his actual prime left and the other
1: thing is is that if you look at Kevin Fiala's RAPM charts, it, I think this is a big thing. Also, to, he's to gotten factor better. In. He's gotten better, and he is excellent. We're not talking about a guy like, for instance, a Ricard Raquel that has uh, had great years uh, in the past, but it's in some ways been shooting a little bit driven, but should have a bl- little bit of shooting regression coming his way, or a Hampus Lindholm who's kind of declined over the last couple of years. And this is a guy in Kevin Fiala that it has been absolutely excellent from all kind of advanced numbers. And he's
0: a guy that if you can get locked up on a five-year deal, it would pay dividends. Yeah, so th- so that to me is is the whole crux of this, is that Kevin Fiala, yes, to get him, first off, I don't know what's what it's gonna take. That hasn't really been discussed all that much publicly, but I would imagine that the Ducks are gonna have to give up a first-round pick. They're gonna have to give up, one of their better prospects, right? So, I mean, where do you think? Let's just start here, at least here, with an here's offer Here's my whole sheet. thing. Here's my whole thing, though. I don't think that if you're the, I, I think this is going to happen via trade. I think Kevin Fiala leaves Minnesota via trade because if you're the Wild, doesn't it make more sense to do it that way? You have the ability to get assets that help you sooner as compared to picks. And so I think, does. and the way their roster is constructed. I would argue that they are probably more intrigued by a trade package than the, the compensation from an offer
1: no sheet. i know but at least an off, like with an off sheet you at least
0: have an idea of the value associated with it right well th- also the hard thing about kind of you know conceptualizing what the return would be or, or what the package would be for fiala is that everyone knows that the wild are in the situation yeah they well, don't have a ton of leverage here.
1: Let Let's just say this. What is the
0: ter- or what is the the AAV you think that you would give Fiala? Well, so you, I don't know why, but I can't log into Evolving Wild here. Or oh, evolving I haven't. Aki. I've got it open. You have to log out and log back in. Oh, because you messed with it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, so I guess that's the question, right? Is do you give him the big eight year deal? No. Or do you give? Do you go bridge? Would I, he want to go bridge? I don't think that you do bridge. A five-year deal is not a bridge. No, no, I know, but would he want a bridge? I'm not saying a five-year uh, deal a bridge.
1: Let's see. How, I think he's one year away from UFA, so a bridge would be one year. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, you don't give him a one-year deal if you end up uh, trading for him. Yeah. I, I think what you end up doing is that you do uh, – Do you think you he en- takes
0: a five-year deal? I think if you make the AAV high enough, yeah. How high would it have to be? Because I believe his eight year projection is at nine point four. Nine Yeah. So do you go ten? I would do ten.
1: Yeah. I think well, he's you, worth you it. can you can actually look and if it was it's funny actually. So Evolving Wild has this listed, but if you do a year five, uh a five year deal, it's uh expected to be seven point seven eight. Mm-hmm. Eight year it's when you go to eight when it bumps up to nine point four is the expected uh, contract value. So these are and the contract projections on Evalon Hockey. Correct, hierarchy.
0: correct, yeah. correct. So, I mean, I would go... Yeah, I would do up to 10 for him. Yeah, I think that what we are not... A pre, or people maybe don't just don't realize is that uh, Kevin Fiala is elite offensively. Like, he is an elite is, offensive play driver here. Let me just and, do this so everyone can see who's watching the YouTube. And, and also... So when you dig into the, the tracking data from Corey Schneider, I think it gets more intriguing because you kind of see what the methodology is. And not only is he an elite shooter in terms of just shot volume, getting dangerous shots, but he's also, he's kind of a triple threat where he's a very good passer, very good at setting up high danger opportunities and just generating shot shots for his teammates, right? This is something that, that Corey tracks. And he's also very good at, at, at entering the zone with control of the puck. So, and not just with the puck oh, on
1: his own. Sorry, our, our audio muted slightly. So sorry, people out there. The audio feed for the uh, podcast, we find the uh, okay. video. Sorry about that, folks. Great. That's what happens when I showed the screen. So go back to what you were saying maybe a minute
0: or two ago. Okay, well, I don't know where I cut off. But what I will say is that looking at the tracking data, Basically, Fiala looks like a, a, a triple threat where he's an elite shooter, he's an elite playmaker and in terms of passing, and he's elite at entering the zone both with the puck on his stick and entering it with a pass. So he just kind of does everything. And to me, this is something that I've talked about for years now with the Ducks is that they need elite offensive talent. They need guys who can move the needle, who can do it on their own, they just don't have enough of those guys. And even well, and right now, like like Terry is close to that, but he's not on Fiala's level. Ziegris may get there. Fiala is that right now. And to me, he complements all of those guys in and, a perfect way. And I mean, maybe you don't want to give Fiala
1: 10 mil because he's a winger, and maybe that's the reason why. But maybe you go eight or nine on him.
0: But, but from, from the wing position, though, he is driving play. No, agreed. And I think yeah. if you
1: had a line of Fiala, Terry, Ziegris. I mean
0: that could be one of the best lines in the league yes and that's not being hyperbolic not at all and and so and and the thing with Fiala as well that I thought about is that if part of your hesitancy for going longer term is that he's got you know he's gonna his play is gonna decline that's fair but I do think that as he declines Trevor Zegers is gonna get better and so that can help mitigate some well, of the decline as well. That's
1: why I would do five. I think five is pushing it because that makes his last year. He's 31.
0: Yeah. I just think that the way he plays the game, I know that he is going to age. I know he's going to decline, but mm-hmm. he can really fit into Anaheim and maybe yeah. elongate his prime a bit. But
1: would you want thirty? his 32, 33, 34 no. I year I mean, that's age. just the way it always is. Yeah. Right? Age, age years at 8, 9, 10 mil. No. no. And so that's why I would do five years. And so... Yeah. If I did it, I would go up to ten probably for five
0: years. I would maybe prefer to go lower on that A V. Yeah, I think you could probably still get him in the nine range. Because yeah, I'm, probably. I'm not I'm not convinced that I feel like, you know, the evolving hockey contract projections are really good. But I'm not sure if I'm not sure if the perception of Kevin Viala matches that. Like can you imagine That's fair. what the reaction That's would be? If he got 10 million AAV. That's a good point. I think that this is based
1: upon analytics. And I think from a public perception perspective, you're right. Because
0: reputation, like, I mean, because you know, people look at points, right? Like that's how people decide everything. Kevin Fiala's career high in goals for a season is 33. Right? Yeah. Giving a guy like that $10 million a year, $9 million a year, probably seems crazy to people. But as we say over and over and over on this podcast, points and assists or goals and assists are not everything. Goals and assists, are the end result of a process and Kevin Fiala's process is elite and his production where he's at right now with these 85 points, maybe he won't stay exactly at that, but he is hitting a new level that I think he can maintain playing with Trevor Zegers, playing with Troy Terry, playing with Mason McTavish, like who knows, right? The ducks are very well positioned to maximize this player in a way that other teams might not be able to. Yep. So, I am bullish on this Jake. If this happens, I am bullish on the Ducks next season. Yep, yep, completely. Um, the only so yeah, I, I guess my question though would be if you're trying to get this deal done, I don't think it would cost you. I don't think you would have to include a Mason McTavish. No, I of, think you because the lack of leverage on the Minnesota end. I think you could do like a first and pro. Yeah, or maybe Lucas Dostal. Maybe or John Gibson. <laughs> Well, well, well. You brought that up. Do you want to get into that at all? Let's let's do it. So, I mean, really there was a comment from Verbeek this week which was just non-committal about yeah, John Gibson's future in Anaheim. Yep. Which should we take
1: anything away from that? I mean, the comment was he was asked if he's spoken to Gibson at all about his future in Anaheim and uh, Verbeek basically said, no, I haven't spoke to him or his agent since the season has ended. And, and that's kind of the the end of it. And so I think the majority of it is kind of making some assumptions there of every quote from John Gibson, the fact that his name was in the rumor mill, the fact yep. of how he played down the stretch and the fact that uh, I he, mean,
0: does he want to be in
1: a place where he's not convinced he can win? Well, and I think Pat Verbeek also like I think it's telling when a GM hasn't spoken to his star goalie yeah like
0: basically then i mean is gibson the highest paid player on the team right now uh is it him or fowler it's one of the two
1: yeah i think it's him uh is the highest paid player that basically the season's ended no he's not it's Fowler. it is by 100 by 100k okay so barely one of the highest paid player on his team yeah and he hasn't spoken to him yet
0: well i I don't want to read into that too too much i just think what's what's more telling is just the fact that Kind of the no comment, almost tone to it, right? Yeah. Because John Gibson, like you said, is one of the highest-paid players. He's locked up. He's locked up for the future. And shouldn't your response be that he's a duck and that that's where he's yeah. right? Like, like shouldn't that is isn't that what you would expect instead? Yeah. It does feel like an open question about his future with this team. Yep. And so, I mean, the first deal you put this out there and. Uh, oh, it was, God. It was, it was the, due to... The entire state of New Jersey got in my mentions over this. Yeah. So, yeah. basically, I... So, I'm going to blame you here because you texted me, or you texted in our group chat, that, uh, you know, Gibson Gibson could Gibson get, go to New Jersey in a package I, for the second overall.
1: I'm going to blame Spencer from our Discord because he was the <laughs> first person I saw put this, and then I took it to our text messages.
0: Yeah. Well, so... Basically, I said on Twitter that could New Jersey be a destination for John Gibson with the second overall pick coming back? Now, people took that to mean, and maybe not completely irrationally, that I meant Gibson for the second straight up. If you read what I I said- I mean, that's what I meant, but sure. I don't think that's possible. I don't think John Gibson gets you the second overall pick. You You think he's worth that right now? I think from a public trade value perspective, yes. Yeah. But okay, but let's talk about the public trade value though. Mm-hmm. You you read the anonymous GM comments, right? Like, are we sure that the NHL views him glowing? Well,
1: what really matters first off is what Tom Fitzgerald thinks about him, not what an anonymous NHL sure. executive but, but that's thinks just, about him.
0: I understand, but the point is just your your comment was not about Tom Fitzgerald; it was about how the league views him, and I'm not convinced that he's viewed as an elite goalie who's worth the second overall pick.
1: So here's where I'm coming from on this is that the Ducks have been uh, a tire fire of from a public perspective perspective defensively. And that in some ways can shield John Gibson from the criticism. Look at all the public narratives around him. Right. And I'm not, and con- everything. I'm not convinced he's viewed as an elite goalie anymore. Okay. I think he is. I, I think he is by a lot of people. And I think that there are going to be a lot of teams out there that would say, this is someone that's played in a bad situation in Anaheim and we would pay a very hefty price to get him out of there, to have him come to our team in a better environment. And I think the devils don't want or want to start winning ASAP. They gave Dougie Hamilton all of that money. And quite frankly, the second overall pick is not going to help them for another couple of years. Um, that, that's fair. In that's terms fair. of being able to help them in the now it, while Dougie Hamilton's in his prime, whereas John Gibson, even for how he has those downturns, that is something that helps them way more in the now, and especially with the, the Devils who are looking specifically to add goaltending. And yeah. so, and you look at it, there really hasn't been a big precedent for trading
0: star goalies okay, but that are locked you, up long term. Let me ask you this, though, Jake. Uh-huh. I mean, Tom Fitzgerald must look at stats, any stats, right? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. And, Look at just look at what GMs well, look at the last three years, this year, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that these are the stats I use. We've made this very clear: 904 say percentage, 3.19 GAA. Mm-hmm. Last year, 903, 2.98. Year before, mm-hmm. 904, three. Year before, 917. Like that this was all, the last good year. This, this all goes to
1: kind of my point, though, right? Of Look at how the Ducks have been and the argument and all of those under Dallas Aikens, And you could but we see a GM know, talking themselves into that. And we,
0: all, we also know that the Devils, I mean, have a good and I pretty was about steady to, analytics department. I and was about to go there and analytics the, don't, don't paint a better picture. They painted the same
1: picture. Here's the question though. And this is the big question on all of this. Um, there is a big discrepancy with some goaltending metrics between private and public to the point where we've had people tell us don't always trust GSAX from the public model perspective, because it doesn't do a good enough job when you're evaluating goalies.
0: I get that. And so
1: it's definitely something where it's kind of an out there thing, but we don't necessarily know what the analytics that they have are going to be saying about John Gibson. And I think that's something to make a stance one way or the other. You can't necessarily do. And so I, I basically my whole point in all of this is, sure, maybe it's not a possible trade. But I think it's also not a completely outlandish idea that you have a goaltender in his prime locked up for multiple seasons that is someone that in the past has been considered one of the best goalies in the
0: league that a team would not pay a hefty price for him uh, I don't, in order to get I don't think get that's crazy. I just think that if you're the Devils and you give up your second overall pick, which you lucked into right mm-hmm. with the lottery found money for them then easier for to guy, move for a guy <laughs> for a guy who has not been good for who has been bad for three years like how do you sell that for how do you sell it to your owner how do you sell easy. it to your fans it's easy he's been terrible it's easy like, like wouldn't you want some kind it's easy you want wouldn't you want some kind of certainty coming back it's easy the sell is that he's one of the best goalies in the league playing on a team that has
1: had one of the worst defensive systems he's, he's in the league. He's one of the
0: best goalies by what metric? No, 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 no.
1: You're missing my point here. I'm not necessarily saying I agree with this at all. Okay. I'm
0: just saying that there's a narrative that you can make for sure, it. Sure, sure. But, like, that narrative, though, any random fan can poke holes in it. Just go to sure. NHL.com like I just did and look at his stats. Sure. And And you ask yourself, wait a second. Like I said.
1: I think that there is a way that this deal could happen because of the public trade value perception that John Gibson, I think, has, and I completely acknowledge that that is a uh, that's not something you can necessarily point to a stat and say, and that's not necessarily something that you can. Yeah, you think? uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's a little bit uh, too pie in the sky, but you know what? I I think I'm going to go for you
0: i agree with you he still has value i agree well, with you let that me ask you this you stuff i don't think and maybe i'm overvaluing the second overall pick
1: and i think that i don't think you, i would do 10th overall plus gibson for second overall you're losing that trade you are losing because i don't In think terms john, of what you can get yeah because john gibson has more value than just trading up eight spots yeah, and, and so that's why I would not do that for life, me. If you have to include maybe a, one of your bajillion second round picks that you have, sure, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Do that to make it
0: make the the devil's happy. Well, because to but, me for the to me for the ducks, uh, John, I don't want to see he's a negative value asset. But getting out of his contract and out of his goaltending, I would retain
1: salary also on him. To be sure. honest,
0: like do whatever. But even then, you're still getting out of his full salary. Like you're still winning. Yeah. Do you think John Gibson is a goalie for the Anaheim Ducks next season? 60-40, no. You can't give a percentage. You just got to say yes or no. That's such a cop-out. No. I'm going to go with no as well. It feels weird that we've gotten to this point.
1: But where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: It just feels like all signs are pointing in that direction. Yep. So, topics-wise, I think that's all I've got for us today. Unless all right I'm missing anything that's well happened last i'm week. gonna start jumping into some questions here then okay
1: we're gonna start with our discord so go to our patreon patreon.com slash crash spawn support us there you get access to our discord one of the best places to talk hockey so we got this from skippy with peanut butter said with the kind of generational talent in de- next year's draft do you guys think the ducks should part with their first in an offer sheet or should they bank on being in the lottery again it's a good question Basically if you if you give an offer sheet this summer if Pat Verbeek is indeed someone that would be willing to give that you would give up next drafts so the 2023 draft is the pick that you give up. Yeah, I
0: mean that's why to me I've said I don't think the Ducks should should offer should sign Kevin Fiala or anyone to an offer sheet because of the downside there. Because there is a possibility that the Ducks are bad again next year and missing out on a top pick in a great draft. Would be a disaster. So I would tend to agree that's with the question.
1: I don't think they're going to be that bad next year, but that's just my own personal well, I'm just, opinion. But there is a chance. No, right? one hundred. Like, like think
0: about, think about. Like, I know that you think that they're going to be a lot better next year, and I yeah. tend to agree. But part of the reason they're going to be a lot better is in relative terms because of yes. how bad they've been. No, I, I, I completely. But agree. there is so much work to be done. Yeah. To actually get that much better, and there's still a possibility that it's not going to happen right away. For sure.
1: no i i completely agree uh casey asked with the departure of jeff ward do you guys have anyone who think who you think would be a good uh would be good to slot in that role that's available or
0: someone in the org to be promoted i heard uh joel bouchard is available (laughs) i thought you said earlier that we never have to talk about (laughs) him again okay that was my last my last one marty san louis no well he's he's we need to stop that he's He's back. with. Well, the you I need to it. stop uh, bringing up Joel Bouchard now. Uh, do we think Francois Boucherman steps behind the bench? I mean, he was behind the bench for a game. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think uh, Ducks video coach blanking on his name? It <laughs> says, no, I, I don't really have any names. I wonder if they go internal, just, you know, someone who's been with the organization or do they bring in someone from the outside? My guess is they go outside. Yeah i
1: agree all right we're gonna actually have a new one someone actually messaged me on facebook what that messaged because we have a i post all the podcasts to the crash the pond facebook account okay love that love i know that. so joseph holmes asked question for the next pod oh do Pete we call or got fired Didn't yeah know that. did you just miss this <laughs> i just i was wondering why people that was were this morning about. yeah pizza boy was fired barry trotz come on down uh, oh, yeah. Joseph Holmes asks, do we call Bolts versus cats the American Battle of Alberta or do we call oils versus flames the Canadian Battle of Florida? You know, just to definitely piss people the off, former.
0: Definitely the former.
1: No, just piss people off the latter. Oils flames is the Canadian Battle of Florida.
0: That's just incorrect.
1: Well, you're just incorrect. <laughs> no. Um, all right. For those of you watching on YouTube or on YouTube. Yes, we're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash crash the pond uh if you want to check us out there like subscribe to all our videos it helps out significantly or if you're listening on your favorite podcast services we do a live stream each and every time at twitch.tv slash crash spawn where you can support us uh if you have amazon prime you get one free twitch prime gaming sub each and every month and it does help more than you can imagine you get special emotes in the chat special badges next to the name you can be just by like darko theory resubbed for five months in a row 12 total and said man i can't wait for next season to start already even with these great playoffs and we also had Lewis resubscribe. Do you want to take a gander? Oh and how many God. months do you
0: think Lewis has subscribed to us? Let's see. So we started in the fall of uh, 2017. Fall of 2017 was Mixler days, though. When did we start on Twitch? The eighteen nineteen season. Okay, so 2018. So it hasn't been four years from that. It's been about three and a half years. Three times twelve is thirty-six. Plus six, I'm gonna go forty-two months. Forty-four months. You were close. Ah, thanks, Lou. Okay. Well, thank you, Lou. That is impressive. Hang, I feel hang, like hang the jersey now. What
1: do we need to do for the first person that hits sixty-nine months subscribed?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Not going to answer that one. <laughs> All right. Get your questions in, though,
1: people on Twitch for us. And, Lewis, I'm expecting a city at some point. This show needs to end with a shit show. Um, Roots no, 27. D- question. Now that Joel Bouchard and the goals coaching staff are relieved of their duty, do you think there is a chance Dallas Aikens returns behind the bench with the goals instead of the Ducks? Would that be considered a breach of his current contract? That ain't happening. Yeah, it's not happening. There,
0: there's no. no way that's going to be. They just said he's going to be back coaching the Ducks. Yeah, and I don't think even if
1: he got, was let go after next season, I don't think he's someone that would come back to the same organization in a lower role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that. that's well, just is not...
0: That, are they talking about next season? No. Uh, yeah, they are talking about next season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, it's not happening.
1: Nope. Not at all. Um, All right. I'm trying to see. There were some other questions earlier that I am trying to find. Roach20 also said, how much of the... Uh... uh Kind of when we were talking about some younger players, uh, not necessarily thriving. How much this has to do with Todd Marchant's inability to develop the core, uh, the team, the young players?
0: Yeah, I think it's significant. I think that Todd, I, I think the Ducks have done a poor job of making their younger players better over the years, and so I think that we absolutely have to factor that in because getting younger players onto your team. is isn't just a matter of drafting good players it's a, it's also a matter of developing the good players that you draft because there's a reason you draft them because they're good because they have potential once those guys are drafted it's completely on you and of course on the players but it's on you to me to get them to maximize their potential so yep. and
1: uh, our good friend spencer asks do you think pat verbeek will love mason mctavish well he's strong and he competes so i'd go with yes uh uh ninety-one Plugie Connor asks, will Pat Verbeek be anal about rookie sweater numbers like Murray or will McTavish wear number twenty-three next year? I don't know the answer to that, but I would guess no. What did Steve Iserman do? Has Steve Eiserman cared? What number was uh Lucas Raymond wearing this year?
0: Wasn't he twenty-three? Yeah, he was twenty-three. Okay. And what oh. M- Mort Sider was like fifty three?
1: Yeah, I just realized we can't do the shit show portion because I don't have that set of my screen oh. figured out. Oh, darn. We get muted when that happens. So no shit show, Lewis, sorry. Oh.
0: Yeah, si- uh,
1: Raymond's 23, Sider's 53. Yeah, it seems like he just lets the players wear the numbers they want to wear. Yeah. So, that's exactly what you want to do. Uh yeah, Sider
0: so, was 53 in before getting to the NHL. So, what uh yes. what number is Jamie Drysdale going to wear next year?
1: six probably yeah i'm thinking six yeah, zegris zegris 13 um i'm thinking 11 i'm thinking 13 didn't you wear yeah. 13 for the goals yeah no it's gonna be 13 yeah 13 i can finally get a zegris jersey will be nice um <laughs> you know what i
0: who else I would change uh mctavish well yeah yeah i guess so because mctavish was what he was what was he oh, don't don't tell me don't tell me wasn't in the 20s <laughs> was it in the 30s 31 32 33 it yeah. wasn't in the 30s wasn't in the 30s 40s 50s there you go 50s was it 50s yeah Mac- mason mctavish
1: oh no sorry it was 30s okay yeah i was, I was sorry sorry sorry
0: yeah what what hold on this is really kicking wait my so who wore 50 oh he's 37 30 did
1: anyone wear 53 this year
0: yes of course how could you not know this
1: how am i spacing on this who were the
0: freaking robinson oh yeah there you go Come on
1: there we go there we go
0: get with the time <laughs> wow
1: yeah uh yeah wow <laughs> yeah thir- 37 an ode to nick ritchie yeah yeah that he surely picked yeah yeah definitely um yeah so i mean yeah what what happens to sam Steele? sam Steele's wearing uh his number uh, are
0: we sure Sam Steele will be a duck next season? Does Sam Steele get traded just so Mason McTavish can wear twenty three? Sure, I I think if if that's what it takes to make Mason McTavish happy, <laughs> who wouldn't do? Wow, that? wow, who, who wouldn't? Yeah, I am just kidding. I'm kidding, Wow, wow, kidding. Pat, Pat beak
1: just ruthless, <laughs> just absolutely ruthless. Um, I am trying to think who else, who else was a uh, what number were Perot and Tracy? Perot, Perot that, was sixty-four. That will be the real test if Perot and Tracy aren't wearing Perot, those numbers.
0: And I think Tracy was fifty-six. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's
1: that's the real test is if those guys get called up. Sixty-four is a
0: stupid-looking number. Yeah.
1: So we'll find out in training camp how they feel. Yeah. About yeah. the about those guys. Good good shout. That yeah. is
0: the number one subplot to watch in training camp. I mean, jersey al- numbers.
1: I mean, it's also just will the ducks finally commit to wearing orange next year? I feel like that rumor kinda, has it. I feel rumor like that it. rumor came out of nowhere though, and has since not been confirmed. confirmed or denied. Yeah, I I think realistically, what the rumor was is I think the
0: reverse retro is going to be orange. I think that's what it was about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's just going to be heavily an orange. orange mighty ducks jersey, orange gloves orange helmet orange helmet would be intriguing i don't know how i'd feel about has that. there been a t- hold on has there been an hlc with orange helmets
1: did anyone wear an orange helmet in the reverse retros someone had it, to it have. would have
0: had to have been philly or the oilers the oilers were a white helmet it was yeah are you sure i'm one million
1: percent sure oilers reverse <laughs> retro uh yeah it was white you're right
0: yeah okay um wow one million percent wasn't high enough for you no Uh, wasn't the fly what was the
1: flyers reverse retro i don't even remember oh it
0: was uh well don't tell me oh yeah it was orange yeah well they didn't have orange helmets though
1: yeah they did not i can't even find a picture of them wearing it orange helmets have never been done it really was a damn shame that they didn't just bring back those jerseys for this season with more fans in the arena. For the for the mighty ducks, just over the entire league. The oh fact yeah, that, the fact that you have this reverse retro, this special program that you put into place, and it's the season where you don't
0: have fans in the building for majority of the well, season. Well, yeah, because once the fans are back and that revenue is covered again, they don't care anymore. Well, yeah, Here's but what you sh- understand about the NHL. People love jerseys. Yeah, people like look at the NBA and how they they set God, up their jerseys no. now. They change jerseys seemingly every year for every team it prints money do this yeah do well, this you know what's
1: what's a damn shame
0: why am i punching my hand as i'm
1: speaking you know what's a damn shame watching panthers games and seeing people in the crowd with that reverse retro and just how beautiful that looks compared to their actual jersey now compared to what they wear it is so bland it's it is not so, a good jersey that the like panther leaping off
0: the cre- off the chest is such a good logo yeah like it's such a good logo my favorite thing and i think they still have kind of a version of it on their current jerseys is when they had the palm tree crossed with the yeah, hockey the, stick. The, the, the issue
1: with their current jersey is, what was it? The new owner, whenever that was, he's was a military a for, guy. Military guy, and so it had to so, become like a military jersey. It's a
0: very like, disciplined
1: jersey. Yeah. It's the opposite of what you like. Let me ask you this. Speaking of the Panthers jersey, mm-hmm. what? how do you feel about Jersey numbers being on the shoulders, or uh, yeah, jersey numbers on the shoulders versus on the arm.
0: Hmm. I feel like it. I feel like it's a. It just looks weird. I don't like. Yeah. It. It looks like yeah. football.
1: Because what the Panthers did was they have patches on the arm where the numbers yeah. typically
0: are, and like kind of like army patches. Well, the, well, the thing is, is like the the Panthers jerseys aren't bad. They're just they're just boring. Also,
1: one thing I really dislike about it is the fact that the stripe doesn't go all the way around. Why are we talking about this? I don't know, because we talk about jerseys and I love jerseys. And I can talk yeah. about I can do a whole podcast on jerseys, to be honest. We probably have done that. Uh, let's end with this. roach 20 said question. How ha- how happy is Jake now knowing how bad Arsenal choked this afternoon? Oh man, I was so happy. One of my coworkers is an Arsenal fan and walked up to me and showed the score, showed me that it was 2 0. And oh boy. Tottenham now have a two-point lead, and all they have to do against Norwich is get a draw, and Champions League is ours. Wow! Did you watch what if the? They if they lose and Arsenal does not win, then they're still in the Champions League.
0: I watched the FA Cup final. I did not, but I did watch the North London Derby. The North London Derby was fantastic. Three 0 All oh, that boy. matters, Jake. All that matters in the world of sports outside of the NHL is that the Golden State Warriors. Are headed back to the Western Conference Finals Why are you holding a baseball? I don't know. You know, tu- you know, tu- you know who Tony Ferguson is—he's an MMA fighter. Yeah, and he started doing this weird thing a few years ago, where he shows up to press conferences wearing or wearing like baseball gloves that are like fingerless, and just ha- he always has a baseball in his hand. And people ask him why do you why does he have it, and I forget what his answer was, but it's something like so I can throw it at people. Or I oh, just randomly noticed it that like you were because it? I'm an athlete. <laughs> yeah, I have a baseball. It's uh it's signed by me. It must be worth a lot, right? Why did you sign your own baseball? I haven't. I haven't, I haven't actually signed it. <gasps> okay, people okay. can see the no signature. I'm not a okay. maniac to that degree. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, but yes, the Warriors are headed back to the Western Conference Final, and they will play the Dallas Mavericks, who I believe are a better matchup for them than <laughs> All right. the Phoenix Suns.
1: Let's end with this one, I guess. Lewis asks, question for Felix, when the Las Vegas Raiders win the Super Bowl, will you write him an essay about how wrong you
0: were? Okay, so when they win that, that's not this year. It's probably not next year. (laughs) It's probably not the year after. So, like, I'm down to write it in the year, like, 2070, I guess, when it's, like, bionic football at that point. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure that's going to ever happen. Not in this era of the Raiders, that is for yeah.
1: sure. Um, let's, let's do this. So, we haven't done our food channel in a while. And this isn't necessarily a take, but, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, do I get in Oh, <laughs> Connor uh, said, uh, do I make ground turkey tacos this evening and have some Corona? And Bob said, but tomorrow is Taco Tuesday. And Connor's like, every day is Taco Tuesday. There
0: you go, folks. It isn't, though. Only Taco Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. And for Taco it, to, tu- be, and Taco for it tu- to be Taco Tuesday, it has to be Tuesday.
1: Taco Tuesday is a state of mind, Felix. It's not It's not an actual day. You could have just said Margarita Monday. It's like 5 o'clock somewhere. It's okay. a state
0: of mind. Okay. I'm not sure I understand that, but sure. You, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. There and Louis. Something food related happened. Louis Lewis brings up that it's
1: Tuesday in Europe right now. Oh, wait, was it food related? I can't remember. There I was a want lot to point that happened. This out.
0: I've been on a LaCroix kick lately. I've, I've come around. Enjoy. Oh, wasn't there like ice cream talk or something? I don't know. Was that was what you were scoop, thinking of? Scoop, scoop talk. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Okay. Look, I think ground turkey is a fine call for tacos. Like, here's here's what I'll say is that. If you're going to go for the taco approach on a weeknight that is not Monday, I think ground turkey is, is is better because it's a little healthier. When it's Taco Tuesday, then go whole ham and go with whatever crazy meat you want to use.
1: Um, Appa has decided to once again say that he needs to let it be known that soup is a beverage.
0: Is it not? You drink it. By definition. (laughs) Coffee Dave
1: asks, who is more of an Orange County team, the Clippers or the Chargers? Oh, Chargers. Chargers. Clippers are no one's team. I mean, I have a really good friend of mine that's a big uh, Clippers fan.
0: I'm sorry. Wow. I'm really sorry. Tillamook is the best store-bought ice cream brand. That's correct. Oh, no, this is a question. This is a debate topic. I mean there's no debate it's it's correct. Yeah, I mean I don't buy any other brand. <laughs> so I can oh, tell well, you. I do. Ben but if Jerry's? we're just
1: Ben and Jerry's though you're buying because of all the of brand. the other stuff in it. No, not the brand, but it, it's the mix-ins. It's all that stuff. My it problem creates- with Ben and
0: Jerry's is the ice cream doesn't feel that like creamy it's not oh it's still it doesn't delicious. feel that high quality
1: it's still delicious but i don't know if i if i was able to get ben and
0: jerry's that was just that ice cream to, to me i enjoy ben and jerry's when it's when i go to a ben and jerry's like it has to be where from the wait store. where is there a ben and jerry's store i've only I mean in malls i've, I've seen two ever well, yeah but you haven't been places so i
1: saw one in vermont the actuals factory okay at a, uh, claiming i haven't been places as i went to the actual factory That's and the fine. other one the other one was in washington dc
0: here let me just do a quick google search and answer your question ben and jerry's now we go to google maps oh there's one in the district isn't there there is we, we've been with c oh no i went with chip and cj once yeah there's one in tustin thanks for the invite you must have been busy doing something Probably. Actually, wait. No. Is this? Hold on. Hold on. Jake, how do you feel? A... How do you feel B- about there's oh a no in Long Beach? Where? Oh, L for you. Actually, wait. No. Is this Long Where? Beach? Where? Where? This is. Yes. It's on Carson Boulevard in the Where? Long Beach Town Center. You oh, just took a that's like Lake. L. That's like Lakewood.
1: Where the hell is that though? I.
0: Wow. <laughs> where I feel. Where? Like, what was your statement? I've only ever seen two Ben and Jerry's. As there's one literally where you live in where, the city that you live in. Where the hell in. is this? one? I did what the? Oh my god! Oh, it's just, like it's because I don't go to this place ever. I think the one in Orange County closed though, because I'm not seeing it.
1: Well, you know what? I'm not gonna be in Long Beach much longer. Damn,
0: you just you just took a big old L.
1: Do I go there before I leave? Maybe.
0: <laughs> I feel like out of all the things that are bucket list for you to do before you leave <laughs> that that has that, to be very that, close that, to the bottom of the list that, that is at the bottom irvine spectrum maybe that's what i was thinking of uh hawaiian barbecue thoughts uh here's what i'll say about hawaiian barbecue don't it you is, do this no, no no this you're gonna like this i think you might agree with this i think that it's it always sounds amazing and you have it and it's don't mostly you do this. amazing but I just feel like awful after every single time. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it's I mean, it's good. Here's my question to you, though. What is on your Hawaiian barbecue plate?
1: I will go for a katsu plate and do two scoops of macaroni salad and only one scoop of rice. And I will typically because I've been doing L&L Hawaiian barbecue. Yeah, L&L uh, is, 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 is my go to. I'll do it's better than Aloha. I'll do a chicken katsu masubi.
0: Katsu masubi? No, it's delicious. Wait, I'm not a big masubi guy. It's rice, seaweed, and chicken katsu. Wait, is it like, are you talking about like the little rolls? Yeah.
1: Okay, it typically right. comes. It typically is spam. That's what like spam masubi
0: is. I think that I think the key, the key for the uh, Hawaiian barbecues is you need to you need sauce. The well, sauce you, has to be on point. I used, my, eat them with, I used to eat it with no sauce. Oh, you, I, gotta, I always do sriracha on it. Yeah. my no, I, I've my actually big, never tried
1: sriracha. My biggest test for a Hawaiian oh, barbecue oh. place is the, is the macaroni salad has to be good. If the macaroni salad's not good, then I'm out.
0: Thank you to Connor for reminding me here. Thank you for reminding me of this. Oh, my God. I almost did an entire podcast without... <laughs> exposing you. and I, I thought you deleted it. Okay, so this... No, th- th- this is going to be for the people who made it this far. This is a treat to the people who mm-hmm. made it this far. So, last night in our Discord, Jake made the claim that Newport Beach, California... Not Newport Beach. I think there's one in Maine. I don't know. Newport Beach, California, located in Orange County, is considered... It is North County. Any cursory look at a map, just your regular old map, (laughs) will show you that Newport Beach, if anything, is closer to south than it is north of Orange County. North Orange County to me is Brea is Fullerton. So let let me ask you this. So no, but let me say this. If if Brea and Fullerton are north Orange County, then there isn't any possible way for Newport Beach to be north as well because it's further south. So, so here, here's an insane he, take. Here's
1: kind of where I view it and how I view it. You don't get to decide. You like, like but, this well, is a matter of opinion. No, but there's no actual thing because what do you, do you consider
0: Newport Beach and Irvine, South Orange County? Irvine, I think you can make the argument. You're, you're creating this like, straw man that is irrelevant. What? what? It is not North County. It is not North County. Well, no,
1: but I think that it's either That some, is the claim. But no, the claim is that I think there are e- it's either North Orange County or South Orange County.
0: It's, it's no. one it, or it's, the other. It's it's not one or the other. It is not North. So It just isn't. You can't be North or South. There's only those two things are completely different.
1: So then, what is it? If it's not north and it's not south, then it's just nothing. Well, it doesn't have to be one of those two things. Have you, have you considered that? Well, I'm that's what I'm getting at here is that to me, I think that something is either North Orange County or South Orange County. To if you me, want to say it's west, then sure, fine. But the only thing I've ever heard is North County and South County. Sure, that's fair. And so, from that because perspective, if you're only looking at it in those two lenses, Newport Beach is not part of South County. Well, Which so means nom- by by uh,
0: finishing it out, it's North County. No, you're assuming that if something is not in South County, then it must be in North County. Yes, that's what I'm it saying. Could, it could just not be. I'm just North saying. County. I'm, I'm just, just saying from the I'm
1: just saying from the definition purely of it's this, either North or South. You
0: this definition out of thin air. No, <laughs> this is air. a genuinely like I think a, <laughs> like Charbonneau and okay. I think Connor okay. agreed
1: that they typically will you'll
0: only hear North or South County that's fair but that's just like a colloquialism thing that's not that there's no reason to that so i look at it this way undoubtedly san juan capistrano dana point san clemente mission viejo these are that is absolutely south county like they can't be anything else they they can't be one or the other north or south that is for damn sure to me anaheim fullerton Buena park your belinda are are north like very clearly North Newport beach is 20 plus miles South of those cities. How could it be North Newport beach? If anything is central orange County. It is in the middle. It is smack dab in the middle and it is closer to South County than it is to North County. Fair. That, that is the end of anything that has to be said. What do you consider Huntington beach? That's an interesting question. Haven't really thought about it. Uh parts parts of Huntington Ca- parts of Huntington Beach are s- closer to being North County because it's almost I mean, does Huntington Beach border LA County? I no, think it might. Seal Beach does. Is Seal Beach LA County or Orange County? Orange County. Is it really? Yes. Am I just exposing myself here? You 100% Holy are. shit. I always thought Seal Beach was in No.
1: Los Alamitos also part of Orange
0: County. Okay, well just by the transitive property, it borders a city that's I that that borders LA County. So it's it's close to LA County. Here. Yeah, it borders the city that I live I in. I just can't believe you would call Newport North County. Like that is just the most galaxy brain well, just for
1: heard. me. South County is Lake Forest, Mission Viejo, Laguna Woods, Laguna Hills. Also, Aliso, this and is Laguna a good point by,
0: by Lou is that HB is just HB. It's just on its own island. Yeah, that's fair. That, also, that's kind of how I view Newport. Like the beach cities fair. are kind of their own thing. That's fair. I've just always in my head considered it's either North County or South County. I mean, this is why looking at things from a black and white perspective is maybe not the most helpful. Is Costa Mesa North County? No. What? I just I just saw like a map and someone said North County. All right, we need to end this because I'm my brain is about to explode. Costa Mesa is right next to Newport, who which we just established <laughs> is not. North. I'm just saying. What are you saying? You
1: don't I don't, to, uh, you, you I, you don't, don't even know what, what I'm. The map. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point in time. I'm now looking at a map from United to end homelessness that has a uh, central as being Newport, Costa Mesa, Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach.
0: Yes, it, it makes sense to split it up that way, sure. and not okay. just north. If like, we're this calling a it civil war, it, why, it is, why are you it, trying it, to start it, a civil war? It, it, <laughs> it is
1: the civil war, though, Felix. It is. We have to draw the lines of north and south.
0: Which one is the Confederates, though? Never mind. Which
1: Which that. one are you going to end up on the Are you going to end up on the same side as me or not? That's what we have to find out.
0: I am punching air. <laughs> I have punched air.
1: You're the <laughs> one that decided to bring this up.
0: Well, no, but I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to let the world see the millions of people worldwide that are listening right now, just how wrong you can be and let that inform their future assessments of what you say on this podcast. I've always
1: in my head not considered. Do we agree that Newport is not South County,
0: though? You can't like this is this this map this entry point you're you're using is not going to take you (laughs) to me saying newport is north county no i'm not trying to get there i'm just saying do we at least agree on that i mean sure it is it is literally in the middle it is central yeah okay it is central i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it south county so we we at least have some middle ground there yes i mean it makes sense because it's literally in the middle of the county. Yeah. And okay. it's further
1: it's further north than San Juan Capistrano and Dana Point and San Clemente.
0: Well, so if you have made it this far and you have and you have witnessed the great geographic debate of 2022. Oh. Please by, comment. Wait, wait. By the
1: way, Connor chiming in with on my side of this for a little central County does not exist. Nobody has ever said that been an OC resident my whole life. And it's always been either North or South. county. But
0: my point is though, that there are places to me that don't get referred as anything that are unclassified like Newport. But, but but then that's not, but you're then saying that it's
1: not North or South. So it's not any, like
0: it has to be one one or the other. My only argument this entire time has been that thank, it is not thank, north county. Thank you Connor. Thank you Connor, Connor hasn't done anything for your argument. Thank you. Thank Co- you. Newport is not north county. No one it's it's, it's 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 not south county? Yes. We we the, we both disagreed on we're, that. We're, but the premise that you're using is How have we debated this more than anything else on this show today? The premise that you're using is that this is just how people say it right the fact that nobody has ever said that is evidence that we can only call I do it that. think
1: there are part there are parts of Newport Beach that are
0: south county and parts of it that are north in the way that the vibe is sure the whole point though is that i really do think that in orange county i've lived here now for for a decade you want to know how many years i've actually lived in orange county yeah you you don't know what you're talking about do you want
1: to know how many years i've actually lived in orange county one yes
0: <laughs> i've i've been here a, a decade and i to be fair you- i've lived on the border of orange county my whole life uh, yeah sure i mean the point though is just that and you work you work in uh in oh Undisclosed. Crap, well, this, right anaheim no somewhere not north not south um i do think that there are areas of orange county that just don't get the distinction they're not referred to as north or south and I think that Irvine, Santa Ana, Newport, Huntington fall into that category. Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, Santa Ana. You could even argue Santa is more north. Irvine is Irvine. Newport is Newport. The beach cities are their own category, and then you have Anaheim. You have your Belinda Fuller. So Green Park. what? What you're that saying? That is North is, County to me. What you're saying is there's like twenty different categories to you. No, there. In my head. In my head, I actually break it up by central, north, south. But the way that I have heard people say it, because apparently that's an admissible piece of evidence here, is there are just places that don't get identified with either. Anyway, this I can't believe how, how long this has gone on. Yep. Uh,
1: Lou, Lou thought he threw a wrench into our plan, but I just uh, checkmated him.
0: <laughs> uh. Anyway. So, if you have made it through this debate, uh, please hit us up on Twitter at Crash the Pond. Maybe we'll just put out a, a tweet, a, a poll, but let us know what you think. Are you on Team Felix or Team Jake? You know, because well, one of the one of those is Team Truth, and it's not Team Jake. Just put it that way. <laughs> is that too mean? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, okay. I think
1: it. I think we've now spent 30 minutes on this. I think time to wrap it up. Okay.
0: Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, we really do appreciate you. Uh, there are a few different ways that you can support us. Uh, first and foremost, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash crash the pond. Uh, for $1 a month, $1 pledge, you get access to our patrons only discord server, which is my favorite place. Bar none full stop to talk hockey online. It's just the best. We have a thriving community. So welcoming, no negativity, you know people are just nice to each other just trying to have a good time and it's not limited to just hockey talk there's a general chat the food channel this there's entire everything. conversation that we just had it it came from our discord yeah for five dollars a month you also get access to two bonus episodes on top of the server and on that one uh we actually have a round two predictions episode that just went up and so you should go check that out if you're trying to get warmed up for round two and just see what our thoughts are. We also have a round one. You can go back and listen to how correct I was in my, as I enter my rebuilding phase. And you can also pledge $15 a month. That's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Uh, you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts. Uh, search crash the pond. Leave us a rating and a review and we will get into it. Uh, we will read your review on the air and we just really appreciate hearing from you guys. It's uh it's really welcome. And it's really just cool to hear the feedback. You can also find us on Spotify, leave us a rating there, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Like Jake said earlier, youtube.com slash crash the pond, make sure to subscribe there and turn on those notifications. Uh, check out our website, crashthepond.com, crashthepondcom slash shop, get t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, stickers with our awesome logo. And find us on Twitter at Crash the Pond, on Facebook as well. Jake is on Twitter at Reindeer Games91. And I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. That will do it for us tonight. As Jake gets out of his seat to go grab his cat Salem, brings her onto the screen. We love to see that. She's trying to get out of his arms though. This is Oh, we're getting some purring action. Aw, she's so cute. all right folks well that's gonna do it for us tonight guys thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you next monday bye